who's the best boy in the world? It's you. He did it several times. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that is too big for my computer. I am your host, Stephen Labine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how are you doing? Well, uh, Stephen, despite our name, we do not actually have the ability to turn back time. And uh, therefore, if we don't have enough space to record an episode and the program just flash closes, we can't go back and, uh, and turn back that time. Yeah, uh... Real, uh, real great moment happened for us. We finished recording our finale episode. It's our first finale. Everything was great. We finished it. Uh, my computer decided to update itself at the same time. Uh, both of our programs were saving to the incorrect places. Our backup program had the incorrect input. So it was just a hot disaster. Nothing was usable. And as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts, I've heard of this happening. I'm like, how? Like, I mean, I don't know anything about technology, and I and I know sound stuff is the hardest. At least, it's the hardest in my opinion of like most of the theatrical fields, like lighting and scene design and whatever. Um, but I'm like, how? Like, use your backup, or like, how does that happen? And now I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Things things don't work when you want them to. Sometimes. I had the best of intentions, and of course, I didn't check the one thing that on our backup that could have maybe saved us, but here we are. Yeah, we did We did have uh, the footage that will forever be sealed in the vault, um, but it's just Steven being real clear, and it sounds like I'm shouting from across the room because it's only his microphone. Oh no, it's it's the uh, it's the microphone on my laptop. It's not even my oh. direct. So all you can hear is, how's it going, everybody? There's Steven over here. And nothing from Jared. Because, of course, like, that's just how it works. So. And that's the first time anyone in my life has ever not been able to hear me, for I am the loudest motherfucker on the face of this planet. It's true. You are much low. I, I mix this live, and just looking at our differences in DBs is always hilarious to me. Because I am not a loud person, and you are, so here we are. If I had a nickel for every time my mother said stop screaming when I was a child, but I wasn't, like, intentionally screaming, I could have gone to college for free. Nice. <laughs> I, well, I wish. It would be really nice to do that. Uh, you know what? We have so much to talk about. Let's just get right into the episode. Bumper. Jared, are you taking my bits? Are you stealing? I stole your bit. You stole my bit. Um, tell, tell me about the uh, what's happening. So not a lot happened in this week, so I'm going to skip that segment in honor of a different segment. Steven. Oh, no. What is that I just dropped in front of you? Uh, he just dropped in front of me the DVD widescreen collection of the movie Gone, starring our two favorite castmates. Uh, Dirk and Joel. Dirk and Joel. Oh no! The it's... the two least charismatic people on this entire season. The, well, the fact that it on the back of the box says "twist ending!" exclamation point. Who would put that on there? Yeah. So um, we're gonna do a little bit of a instead of an an on this week 
uh, type of history dive. We're going to go back and look at uh, Timothy A. Shea's oh. directing catalog. So can you give me some of the blurbs on the back of that box, Stephen? Yeah, okay, here's the top blurb. In this post-apocalyptic thriller, Survivor cast Dirk Bean and Joel Klug star as tenacious lawyers who are sent to Manila to defend a multinational corporation? What? But instead, meet their fate in the last days of the Earth. Great calamities occur while the characters size up the world, humanity, and finally God in this intelligent and fast-paced drama. Now... My favorite part of this DVD box, which I, if you, for those of you at home that might be interested in watching this, it's hard to find. Uh, and I did get the last copy on Amazon, so I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know how long that copy's been sitting on Amazon for. But the director's name is not on this. J- Jared's doing the work for everyone to remove this from Amazon, and hopefully it will never come back. Oh, I might rip it and put it up on some pirate sites. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. If you can't buy it anywhere legally... Piracy is a moral imperative. But here's some of Timothy H.A.'s, whose name was not in this box. Um, some of his... Uh, oh, my favorite quote on the back of that was that he is the uh, Quentin Tarantino of Christian films uh, <laughs> oh, on the box no. there. Um, so he has directed such hits as Fake and Defunk. I, what? I don't know. Gone, this one. Impact, colon, The Passion of the Christ, which is not the Mel Gibson movie. Sure. <laughs> Suing the Devil... Okay. You're going to sue the devil? I looked it up. Yes. Cool. They take the devil to court for $8 trillion, and he comes and defends himself. Cool. Uh, the Genius Club, Live Fast, Die Young, Final the Rapture. That seems like it's not trans... Like, Final the Rapture? I don't really understand. I don't get it either. Epic Journey, Freedom, David and Goliath, Slam a Jamba, and a movie that came out as recently as 2019 involving the Hawaii Islands, which was the biggest budget movie to ever be shot on Hawaii, not a very big budget, um, about uh, missionaries that came to Hawaii. Uh, not even uh, 50 First Dates? I, I don't know if it was filmed on location. I don't think it was filmed on location. They right. fil- I think I think it was like the for it to entirely be filmed on Hawaii. Like I think they no. did some uh, site-specific shots in, in sure. Hawaii, and, like, but that Alaska. was not counted. And, okay. Yeah, um, sure. But... Uh, I have not to- talked to you about this, Stephen. No. But we're going to watch all of these. We're going to watch it, and we're going to put out a bonus episode with this uh, whenever we have some downtime. Uh, so be on the lookout. We're going to watch the movie so you don't have to. Uh, we have a couple of things that were sent in from from listeners. Uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for of fixes? Corrections. To, corrections. There, there's a more specific word, but it doesn't matter. I can't remember if I talked about this, but Josh sent in, we might have talked about this in the episode we lost. Josh, one of our listeners, sent in that uh, All-Star season is season eight, not season five, which we did correct, but I just wanted to point out that yes, we we did fix that. Uh, I'm the idiot who thought it was five, so whatever. Uh, And also, (laughs) Josh also sent in a really nice video, uh, did some, some digging into the Survivor lore, and yes, the original reward for the going to the bar and having a beer with Jeff challenge was a single beer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So the, I got a video from Josh. It is Jeff talking about the process of, of the show and how it's evolved. Uh, but specifically that season, they, it was funded by sponsors. So 
they couldn't get a network to pick it up and to fund the the season because they ha- they had to do the whole season. It wasn't just a pilot, right? Um, so they're finding ways to work it in. The Doctor Shoals, the Target, the the one beer, and yes, it was one beer. The original reward was a single beer, and it got to the cast and Rich leads a mutiny and says, we're not playing for a beer. Yeah. I I don't blame him. Of course. Like, yes, don't, don't do that. Get, get a bigger carrot. Uh, so they show up. Survivor is scrambling. They don't know what to do. Jeff and Mark Bernard are like, what do we do? So they build a bar they, I knew it looked like a soundstage. They build a bar, but it was on their camp. It was the, the production camp. I, I was wondering about that, too, with the blindfolding. I was like, maybe it's like where their base camp was. Correct. Ah, okay. So they didn't have this built, and they do the challenge. Well, they Cash shows up to the challenge. They're like, all right, you're going to play for a single beer. And Jeff was like waiting for Rich to be like, that's it, a beer, and then hits him with the, and also spaghetti, and we're watching the first 15 minutes of Survivor, baby. Whoa! And everyone, of course, loves that because they get to watch the show that they're on. So, yeah, yeah cool. So they blind blindfold Kelly when Kelly wins the challenge. I mean, I'm sure they give him time and uh, start driving in a boat to the undisclosed location. Uh, I use quotation marks here uh essentially what they're doing is they're driving kelly out into the ocean and driving in circles so that they have time to build this bar bring in malaysian locals tell them yeah go ahead smoke drink like do whatever you want we're just gonna we need to do this and and they watch the first 15 minutes of survivor it's super awkward Wow. Yeah, I know that. Our gut... And I feel like you and I have a pretty good finger on the pulse on this, being in the you know, theater and TV and film industries uh-huh. uh, in some capacity through when, our lives. When things don't look right. Right. When we're, It's just like, well, we know that like things just behind the camera are usually more frantic and less put together than they look. Yep. And that one felt like it was slapped together, and that makes total sense. Yeah. It was, that was so weird, dude. <laughs> it, it was very weird, and I mean, they, they did it. They, they slapped it together, and who knows, might have saved the show. Like, uh, the stories that Jeff tells about it is that the corporation sponsoring this show had representatives there and, like, overseeing the project. Of mm. course they would. Sure. Um, and had the corporate people not been there, Mark Burnett would possibly could have threatened a full shutdown of the show if you didn't participate in the reward challenge, which, I mean, again, bold move. Let's see what happens. Uh, but because the corporate people were there, they kind of had to finagle and make it work so that everybody wins. That's so interesting. Rich is so interesting. Rich, Because yeah. the things that make him, like, that is, he he's the one that led the mutiny. I, who knows what would happen without him. But, like, the things that make Rich so fascinating are also the things that make Rich kind of insufferable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, so thank you, Josh. That was great information. Uh, we love if you guys send us things, if you send us thoughts, if you send us tidbits that we miss like this. Amazing. Josh sent that to our email at survivortbt at gmail.com. But also we have our Twitter. So yay. D- do that. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about pre-episode? No, no. Uh, just like I said, I there was like one thing that happened in the in the world in the weeks between this episode, but honestly, it was nothing huge. Um, this finale was kind of the most important thing, or the biggest thing in the news outside of like a wedding that I didn't know any people in, but they were celebrities. Mm-hmm. So here we go. We're gonna get into the episode. We have talked about this at length for an hour and a half previously, so we're gonna do our best to keep it fresh to keep it. Uh, like, we've never talked about this before, but there may be moments where we're like, oh, yeah, 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 we, we talked about that. No, we didn't. Oh, well. Uh, so jumping in. The good ep- news is I have the memory of a golden retriever, there so it's go. all new to me. <laughs> we talked about options of how we, we, we do this, how we keep it fresh, and uh, getting drunk was definitely one of the options, but it's... We did that last night. It's That is true. Uh, it's... Two o'clock on a Saturday, so we're not going to do that. We, uh, we're going to do more shots, but we also did that yesterday. Oh my god! Okay, we're going off topic again. Uh, Jared and I went to a video game and D and D inspired bar, and one of their specialties is a random shot, but you roll a die to get the random shot. And of course, I let Jared roll the shot, and it was a natural one, and we got Malort. If you don't know what Malort is. Good for you. See episode four or yeah. something where I talk at Malor, or talk about Malor at length. It's bad. It's 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 real bad. Uh, jumping into the episode. Yes. Uh, we have our big traditional recap. Everything is we're showing how we got here. We have our sighting of everyone that we didn't really see for a long time, including our our best boy BB. BB is is Bay. BB is back. He's the sponsor of this, or the, uh, not the sponsor, the uh, patron saint of this podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, true. That's why we have a picture of him behind me. I'm going to get one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Committing to the bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty traditional Survivor recap. Everything is coming to an end. Uh, everything is, we're showing to the audience that, all oh, right, this is big. Get ready. And we immediately start with, Sue shaving Rudy's face. Yep. We, we start immediately off where we've started the last several episodes, which is everyone is bored and miserable. <laughs> and I've talked before about how it's cool to see them um, not understand the gravity or not appreciate the gravity of what they're going through and just wanting it to be done. Yeah. It's gone on a little long now mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh... Yeah, I I get it. They're bored. Yeah. Um, this is why I make the argument that I think the season... It, it should be shorter, and they do eventually get shorter, but you, I know you have expressed before that you, you like the long season. I do. I, I like that it's a little more grueling on them. Um, not that I enjoy watching human suffering, <laughs> but I think that it, it, it leaves more time for human interaction to cause gameplay instead of everyone having really tight windows so everyone's just strategizing all the time. Like when yeah. they have a full day of downtime... They have to legitimately weigh, do I want this person around that, or do I want to get rid of this person that is a strategic threat, or this person I just don't like and can't stand to be around all the time? And I disagree, but yeah, it makes it makes for more interesting decisions that way. Um, yeah, I, Sue is shaving Rudy's face with the razors that they got out of the, uh, the boxes that, what's his face, Sean... 
Sean's dad brought. Which we we need to talk about what the revelation you told me about it being it was going to be Sean's dad no matter what. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We we discovered after much digging that no matter what whoever was going to be on that boat was going to be Sean's dad. It just was lucky that Sean happened to win that reward. And lucky depends on your perspective, because I would have given a lot of money to have Rudy or Sue be the one that won that challenge. <laughs> well, because Sean, Sean's dad was a boat captain. I don't think he was a boat captain in that area. I think no. they, they flew him out to to navigate that yacht for whatever reason. and then Probably because he would do it for free. Uh, you know what? That's smart. I think you're right. Good, good on you. Uh, but yeah, wild. This first season, all over the place. We're making decisions on the fly because we can. <laughs> and I'm sure that's part of what goes into the cast not understanding the gravity of what they're on. Because mm-hmm. it probably looks like a shit show. Yeah. No wonder they're bored and want to go home. Like, obviously, they want a million dollars. Yes. That's why they haven't just been gone, no, take me home. Um but, like, they're like, oh, this is not going anywhere. Like, these guys don't have their shit together. They are, like, they don't have these this stuff thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if that's what's going on in the back of their minds. But especially, like, Rich. I could definitely see Rich being like, oh, this is a failing venture, isn't it? And being wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. He, uh, it, Survivor becomes huge and continues to be huge. Well, I, less huge than at the time. We talked briefly that it... This finale was the biggest thing of that summer, and other than, I believe, Australia is one of the biggest seasons of Survivor ratings-wise. Mm. So, good on you, Survivor. Uh, yeah, everyone is physically a mess. They have so much muscle atrophy, <laughs> yeah. um, is what I wrote down. that like Rich says you lost 100 pounds before coming on the show, uh-huh. um, just like in his life. And then has lost another, like, I think he says, like, 22 pounds in the episode. I think at the reunion, he says he weighed himself when he got home, and it was, like, 35 or something like that. So much weight. Uh, So, and he looks to be, like, 180, maybe. So, like, he's maybe 200. He's cut off, like, nearly 40% of his body mass. (laughs) Yeah, Rich lost 34 pounds on the show and 100 before the show. So, man, that's... I can't yeah, even he, imagine, because that's a little less than what I weigh. I mean, he must have, like, uh, he must have been, like, over 300 before he started that yeah. weight loss journey. Oh, yeah. It, it, that makes sense. Wow. Uh, I mean, good for you, man. Uh, I hope it was, I mean, when you're doing it that way, it's not ne- necessarily the most healthy way to do it, but... <laughs> With 100 pounds, probably, hopefully, it was. I, I or he did a lot of coke. Well, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to acknowledge that but here we are uh yeah. allegedly people lost weight uh lost muscle mass uh kelly has bug bites the sue has the stingray sting yeah everyone's falling apart and sanity is out the window because we're on day what 37 at this point yeah beginning the finale day 37 <laughs> too much and kelly talks the most about muscle mass that she's lost and i think i see it the most on her and maybe rich mm-hmm. um Sue seems like she's still in pretty decent shape, and Rudy is old. Rudy's old. (laughs) Rudy will continue to be old. Uh, Rich brings up the logo for the first time in the finale. We're talking about Outwit, Outplay, Outlast, and I think what a beautiful thing to say, wow, hey, this is a game. 
Yeah, he he says almost verbatim what I've been talking about all season, and that he's like, uh, he says, you know, it seems like some folks were here for a vacation. Uh-huh. He actually uses the word vacation. I was like, yes, Rich, I see you. Um, he's like, they had the same logo that I did, like outwit, outplay, outlast. Um, and he's the only one that at least took those words as a strategy guide. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, hey, play the game, and the everyone around him. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. Everyone on Pagong sees that as villainous, and America, as we find out later, also kind of sees it as villainous. Yeah. Which, um, I'm not going to go into that yet. We'll get there. Uh, and then Rudy. Mm, Rudy, it's all about the money. Give me that money. We're, we're there. We're at the finale. The All the buildup. Everyone is just, let's end it. Let's end it. I want that money. I want to win. I want to stop sitting around and being bored. This is the mentality that we needed from day one, but we're finally here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get to the challenge, and they drop in tree mail Polaroids of the eliminated, eliminated players. Uh, I love this. I love this so much. It, I mean, they're obviously not uh, just, like, taken out during the game. They're, f- as they're walking out of tribal, <laughs> thanks for the Polaroid. <laughs> Uh, we need that for later. Uh, but it was, this is the part of Survivor where we're we're bringing up the people and and really making memories, playing with your emotions of hey, these are the people that you voted out. Yeah, how much? How well did you know them? Uh huh. Um, something to point out that happens uh, in conversations in in this part. Um, I think it was a mistake for Kelly to try to play both sides, to try to be in the alliance and not be in the alliance. And mm-hmm. she kind of lays that out as like her strategy, for lack of a better word. I don't think she really sees it as a strategy, but she's like, you know, I want it. I, I tried to do both things and she kind of sees it as a plus, And I, I disagree. I think um, trying to be in the alliance and use it as a cover, but not vote with the alliance. Yeah. Just makes everyone mad. I, th- I, I think you're right. I think being part of the alliance or not being a part of the alliance is not the problem here. You're straddling the line and trying to be nice on both sides. Uh, had you voted with the Pagong members, you could have flipped the game easily. You could have controlled the game, really. But no, you're just going to vote for whoever you feel like. And maybe it's not going to come into play. Maybe it will. Yeah, and it's wild that uh, Rich was Rich didn't know about Kelly's plan to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he would have been blindsided. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been the first, I think, true blindside in Survivor history. Because like, there's people who don't know they're going home, but like, no one really knows they're going home this season. Yeah, that would be the first time I think it would have been like a betrayal blindside. But she gives up after he wins immunity one time. <laughs> She's like, nah, nah, it's fine. It's fine. He's not worth it. Um... Yeah. Uh, Kelly says, I'm playing for me. Everyone else can kiss my ass. Good for you, Kelly. Good for you. Uh, we. Oh, and, and Rudy had, of course, an iconic quote for this before this challenge where he's like, I think, I think we're going to have to be uh, answer questions about uh, what these people were like. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care about these people. And, uh, yeah, the, the show really sets you up to think, Rudy's going to do very poorly in this challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and and Rich makes fun of him, really. Like, saying, yeah, he's... Rudy asked me what Sean's job was, so 
I don't think it's going to last too long in this one. Uh, it's beautiful. So this is the first immunity challenge at Tribal Council. It's weird. It is. I, I don't like it, but it's I get why it's there. Uh, they rock up. It's just a straight trivia about your other castmates, people you voted out. So let's answer some questions. Uh, and I would say those questions range from everyone should know that to why are you asking them this question? Oh yeah, with there, a lot in between. There are some some beautiful ones like uh, Rich. One of my favorite ones. Rich doesn't remember who he voted for like very early in the game, and I get that it was probably about a month prior, but still, he was the only one to vote separate from. Uh, what was the question? It was something along the lines of like who only received one vote, um, or who who was the only other person to receive a vote at this tribal council it involved a, a, uh, a contestant getting a vote and it was Rich's vote. Yeah. It was very much Rich's vote. I think it was Rich's vote for Stacy in episode one. Like everyone voted for Sonia and Rich voted for Stacy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, whose shirt is this? What? Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. And if it was something that was worn around camp all the time, I, I don't remember. I had never seen that shirt before <laughs> in my life. Uh, but beautiful, beautiful question. And finally, names of Jenna's children. I, mm, there are some deep cuts there. And like, if you took the time to get to know these people, you might be able to know these questions. And Kelly did. Kelly did. Kelly took the time to know these people. Uh, Kelly and Sue Ty... Uh, Rudy is next, and Rich just absolutely bombs this challenge. Two out of ten. Because the format is we're going to ask you ten questions, yep. and whoever has the most. It's not first past the post. Yeah. Um, yep. Like first person to get five right or something. Yep. Two out of ten. Twenty percent. Rich is game bot. I do not... Uh, and he, he acknowledges that if he took the time to get to know these people, it would have been different, but then he wouldn't... He He's playing the game, and he's playing... T- He's playing a little too hard. He's playing a little too hard because he's not knowing these people. I dropped my notes. Talk about it. Uh, who needs them? No, yeah, he's just playing a little too hard because, like, you have three full days between every vote. This isn't like future seasons of Survivor where people are scrambling and you need to be constantly talking about alliances. Uh-huh. The question of should an alliance even exist is, like, the thesis statement of this season. <laughs> you don't have to do all that much strategizing. You don't. He has... He does not understand human emotion. No. I talked last episode about how, like, he's so confused by, like, uh, Sue and Kelly, like, being able to, like, be civil and, like, wash the mud off each other when they had a fight that morning. And, like, yeah, dude, people contain multitudes. (laughs) He's like, this does not go into my equation. I do not understand. I don't get it. Uh, Yeah. Kelly and Sue tie. Kelly wins the tiebreaker question, which is... What is Sonia's last name? So mean. I I love it. I think, again, one of those, someone who was voted off pretty early, like, get to know these people. They were both of the same tribe, so. Yes, yeah. Everyone was on, uh, was on Toggy, so it's a fair question. But, like, she was only there for three days, and, like, I could go, I could know somebody for three days and, they, and them not know my last name. I might not say my last name. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't think I could have gotten that correct. <laughs> Uh, I am terrible with names, so 
Oops for me. I mean, obviously, same. <laughs> Who's Stacy was a question I asked last episode. Who's Stacy? Uh, and then immediately, no talk, no conversation. We just go straight into a boat. Yep. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a whiplash on that one. Yeah. It's weird that Jeff doesn't do any conversation. It also feels like this challenge was made to be a sort of like pre-final tribal mm-hmm. like it, it like this is the only challenge the jury gets to observe and it's about them yeah or other people that you know that they played with um and i it doesn't really factor as much we'll get to the to the final tribal it doesn't factor as much into the final tribal as it should right. and i think that that is partially because of kelly i will get there yeah i think you're right uh yeah. Kelly's immune, so it's either Rudy, Sue, or Rich on the block. Correct. So you have all four. It's pretty clear that this is going to be a tie right away. We have a tie between Rich and Sue. Two votes each. But also, Jeff has to, like, fish around in the... What is it? Urn? Yeah. Yeah. He has to fish around looking for votes, but... It, he like tries to like read them inside the urn to be like, is this the right one? No, is, is this, this the right one? No, like, no. but you should have. Te- you say every single time that I'm gonna go count the votes. You should know that there's two and two each. So no matter what order you read it in, it's still gonna be two and two. This I cannot believe this whole season they did not figure out to stack the votes in a way to make it suspenseful. I I feel like they did, but I don't know why he was making that so difficult for himself on that one. Ugh. Also, no talking conch at Tribals anymore. No what the hell? Conch. Just one episode. No. Get rid of that conch. Never bring it back. We have a tie, and each person who is voted for has 30 seconds to give a spiel. And they both know who they're giving a spiel to. Yes. They both know that it is uh, it is up to uh, Kelly, Kelly and yep. Rudy. Yep. Kelly, <laughs> Rudy's not going to change a damn thing. No. So really, you're talking about, hey, Kelly... Vote for me, please. Or no, don't vote for me. Vote for the other person, please. I think uh, I think you could beat me. I mean, Rich gives a, a, a smart speech about uh, friendship and working together. Uh, he gives a speech that in modern Survivor would have made him get voted off immediately. Yeah, correct. Because he says, hey, I did this. And, like, takes credit for the alliance. Uh-huh. Which is, like, in this season of Survivor and with these players... They can go. They it, that actually weighs on them versus in a future season be like, oh yeah, shit, he's gonna get the votes, huh? But also, it was a little bit of like, hey, I think you're more likable than me. That's it, true. So he kind of plays it both ways. But Sue doesn't really give anything. Essentially, waves the white flag and says, yeah, you're gonna make the decision. You're gonna make the decision that you want to. So uh, go ahead and make your vote. She pulls a Sean. I'm not going to tell you what to do. She pulls a Sean! After getting on Sean. Well, I mean, hey, in those in this case, at least she had no power. In <laughs> Sean's case, he abdicated the power he had That's over and fair. over again. I'm just... Uh, it's a little two-sided there, and yeah. I don't like it. Uh, but yeah, so Sue gets voted out, because do- Sue doesn't take a stand. Uh, Kelly swaps and says, have a smoke and a coffee for me while giving the last or switching her vote so i mean she she weighs it pretty heavily um and it it i don't know if she talks about her if it's just implied 
But I think the big reason she switches her vote to Sue is the conversation they had where Sue's like, I'm not going to let you get to final three. Yeah. Because like, I'm not going to let you get to final three. I think she, like, when she's weighing it back and forth, remembers that moment and says, oh, wait, I can win this argument right I, now. I can not let her get to the final three. What would have happened if they would have tied? I honestly don't know. Okay. In this first season, not a clue, which is why eventually they get rid of this stupid... They find a better way to do the four la- final four vote. Yeah. Uh, they switch it over to the fire-making challenge uh, because you're going to have so many ties and so many... Uh, all right, what do we do in this scenario? What do we do in this scenario? My guess is, one, they would probably just let Kelly decide because Kelly has the immunity idol. Mm. Uh, two, they threaten the purple rock, but... The purple rock. I, I have no idea before. if it's even invented it's yet. A, yeah, they, I don't know if it exists. I can't imagine that they thought that out. So, wow. Yeah, I don't know if they knew. I, I don't know if because they if, knew either. Because if they would have known, then they could have just made the decision. Kelly's. Well, I guess they should have still given Rudy a vote because he could change his mind theoretically. Yeah, but mm. he, well, he never was going to because that's Rudy. I feel like it's going to happen in a later season. I shouldn't say later in the coming seasons before they figure out fire making challenge uh but we'll see and jeff essentially says go get some sleep you're gonna have an early wake-up call and boy is he right yeah 4 a.m jeff rocks up to the beach and says all right let's get in the boat we're we're going challenging babies (laughs) (laughs) babe wake up the new challenge just dropped (laughs) it's the final immunity challenge and they boat them over to the sandbar that they've used before. I don't remember what challenge, but they've well, definitely used it. They've used a sandbar uh-huh. for um, for the ambassador meeting. I oh. I don't know if it was the same one. They also used it in the challenge brought to you by the U.S. Army. <laughs> I think it was the same one as the U.S. Army one. I, don't, I think so. I don't know if it's the same one because they can see the... Pagong Beach. The, yeah. Oh, well, maybe it could have been because they're on Tagi Beach. That's true. And Greg is probably still hanging out in the <laughs> in the Pagong tribe while everyone else is at like a resort. Lost in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. So they th- this challenge is wild. Just the whole build up. You're getting up early. We're boating you to the sandbar. And, and by the time they get there, the sun has come up. Yes. So it must have taken them a little bit. It's going to take them a while. Uh, when they get there, people native to the area in full regalia are waving palms and chanting Sandovar, which means spirit is around you. Allegedly. Yeah. It might mean, I hope hope that's actually Malaysian or whatever the local dialect is. And that actually is what that means and not just something they made up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm going to phrase this similar to what, to the, to the lost tape. (laughs) We have to separate this challenge into two because there's part of it that's just gross. Sure. There's part of it that is, um, well, I guess I don't know a lot about the hyper-localized island of Borneo. I don't know how much it fits into full Malaysian culture. I don't know if this is disrespect- disrespectful. I don't really trust that the show would know if it is or not either. Um, it also, I, I hope it's people that are local, but they're all covered in mud, so it could just be white people covered in mud. Uh-huh. I really hope it's not. Um, and ju- And they brought back the horrible, horrible immunity idol from the beginning of the season <laughs> um all that to say hi, there's a lot of yikes there's a lot of here. yikes there's a lot of yikes in the 
uh, in the sort of white savior, like, uh, colonizing kind of, like, aspect of it, of, like, oh, we'll have all these native people of color dress up in what is either actually local regalia or a stereotype that they think it is, Mm -hmm. and literally worship you as you walk through this challenge yes i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that it didn't look like they were white people dressing up in in costumes it looked like locals uh i do think it's in poor taste that they were uh fanning the 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 contestants uh that it's just i'm all for bringing culture into the game but as like a learning experience not as a we're going to praise you white saviors or like as a cel- like you can celebrate and should celebrate the yeah, local culture. Absolutely. But like you're literally having what we're assuming is the local people of the island sit there and worship the white people that survived here for 39 days on the island or in the chain of islands <laughs> that they just live on their whole lives. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the fundamental problem with Survivor is that you're giving this idea that hey, you're living in this uninhabitable area, but people live there. Yeah. People always live there. And of course, like, it's harder for these people, the you know, the Americans to adapt to that area. But, like, for the locals, it's just Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I'm so gonna... so that, that's, just, that's just the barrier over all of that. Like, yes, it is kind of gross. <laughs> but now we can talk about the challenge itself and the and the good parts of it because there are really good parts of this challenge. Oh, hold up. We'll get to that. I still have lead up we're we're doing here. My notes from the lead up, things that were just wildly out of control. Jeff calls the torches staffs. Oh, yep. Uh I'm sorry. Like you've never addressed them as staffs and they will never address them as that again. So we couldn't have done like a second take on that. No, we could have just like corrected the corrected yourself. That's one we fixed, Jeff. Come on, <laughs> do better. They walk over hot coals for no reason. They, they they make them all individually. So I don't know what the process was here, but they have to open this like door with screens, but it's it was like fronds, wasn't it? Like palm yeah, fronds, like like, that. Le- like yeah, it was like. But they, essentially preventing them from watching the person in front of them do it. Uh, yeah. Make them walk over. And what the trick with, I've heard, walking over hot coals is that you don't hurry. You you take it one step at a time and you just keep going. Because when you push into them, that's when things get bad because you're, you're digging into the... Uh, the hotter stuff. The, yeah, the the coolest part of the coals is the top layer. Yeah. Um, that's why when you're, like, cooking marshmallows, you stick it as close to the center as possible. Yeah. Uh, we cover ourselves in mud from the mud volcano, which is uh, hilarious. I, they, they say, like, yeah, we want to make it more personal to you, so we brought a bucket of mud from the mud volcano. Do you think that they were brought like when greg and colleen found the original mud volcano which i have to point out they've used now like four times yep and talk about how important it is and it's not even at the toggy beach from what we can tell no it's not um do you think that production led them there or when they the cameras follow them they're like oh cool wait what this is here awesome no i think it's the latter i think uh i agree they <laughs> they had this cool place that they oh Let's I, let's use this. Yes, let's use this. Oh, it was it. Mm. 
sometimes you can't plan these things and just mm, magic happens. I love going with the flow. Yeah. But it's like, what was going to fill that space for you? <laughs> I don't know. I, the only thing that makes me think that they, they did plan it is the mud challenge where they scraped the mud off their bodies. Because they had the, the whole weighing system for that. So maybe they had that in mind. Maybe they just stole a produce scale from the local market. <laughs> Unclear. Survivor robbing local produce <laughs> markets for their challenges. Yeah, so everyone covers themselves in mud to different extents. Uh, Rudy covers himself the most. Rudy ain't a quitter. He ain't a quitter. And Kelly really doesn't. And, and I, Kelly, Kelly does like halfway and then... Rich does, like, one band on his chest. Yeah. they. We'll talk about it, but I think Survivor does them dirty by doing this or hoping that it will shorten the challenge. Did you uh, mean to do that? Did them dirty? Because yeah, they're covered in mud? No, but yes. I, <laughs> I am a, a genius. I am the next Shakespeare. Then they have the tribute to everyone. And this is a beautiful thing that I wish they still did. Yep. Is they put out the quote-unquote stabs the, the the torches of all the contestants with their name tag on them uh and it shows brief clips of them it shows memories it shows them talking about their experience and i love this i love this yeah. so much it's it, it really shows where they've been and it it reminds you of the people that you may have forgotten about people that you haven't seen in weeks this is what i'm talking about so like they're here on Borneo for 39 days. Have we learned anything about Borneo? Well, very little. Very little. Things that we are not even sure if it is true but Yeah, possible, possible made-up garbage. Exactly. Um, if they integrated... Like, you know, this is a celebration of the contestants that have been here. Okay. This, If you did this with, like, the culture at any point, you could do one trivia challenge where, like, you teach them actual facts about the island, uh -huh. or like you take them to an actual village to see, and not in like in a non-white savior way, like how these people actually live day to day. Uh, I'm sorry, we've used up our trivia challenges. We have at least two in this season. No more. Yeah, we need to. We need to know. We need to test them on like what a black widow spider looks like instead of the culture and the heritage of the place that they have been living for over a month. It's just such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Again, could have been there, but uh, we're really unclear that any of the facts that they have provided were true with our camcorder Blair Witch Project challenge. I'm, I'm skipping over it. It still makes me mad. I, <laughs> uh, but this tribute has my favorite music in Survivor. Uh, it's the very... It's somber. It's hopeful. It's the... It's beautiful. I love it. Use it more. It is funny them trying to find good footage of BB. <laughs> footage of BB not being insufferable. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, BB. So we begin the challenge. And the challenge is one that... It's a theme in Survivor. That it's a big final endurance challenge. They want to test the physical limits of the, these people. And I, I have said that I don't like endurance challenges. I've talked about, and then I've redacted that to uh, explain like what I do like an endurance challenge versus what I don't. This is one I like. Okay, I explain more. Well, okay, and just like every other challenge this season, it needed a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, it needed some type of gimmick to make it probably a little bit harder. Um, 
make, <laughs> make it end a little sooner. Well, it doesn't mean that. I, I don't mind it going on for a long time. I, I like these challenges where it's almost... It, it, there is a physical component to the endurance, but it's it's mental. Mm-hmm. Um, not where it's like, oh god, I can't go anymore. My arms are gonna give out. Uh-huh. It's like, oh god, like I'm I'm uncomfortable. But like you're not like in physical pain. You're not because then that's just a strength challenge. Yes. Um, and we'll have some of those. Don't you worry. Good. I, I do. I don't mind strength challenges either. But um, I like a good endurance challenge where it's literally just don't lose your focus. Don't like you know you have to stay very still or you have to really like keep your composure or whatever like this one is except like i said it needed probably need to be a little more difficult you yeah. just stand there holding an idol yeah i agree the, uh this challenge is hands on a hard body i mean hands on an immunity idol they bring back the immunity idol from the team challenges and uh, they're they're standing on stumps so you're you're standing on a stump and you have to have your hand on the idol at all times it, pretty simple. Easy. Like, you get the idea. Uh, Jeff Jeff taunts them with food pretty early in this challenge. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Well, and he doesn't... Jeff isn't, isn't the greatest, like, showman yet. So he's like, all right, well, I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go get lunch. And I didn't realize he was going to come back with food. I was just like, did they mean to leave that in? <laughs> did they? Him saying he's going to go get lunch, I was like, oh, okay. He comes back with... Not lunch, but but it, it, yeah, he's uh he's saying this is you're in for the long haul. I'm gonna go uh, get myself comfortable. Enjoy. Uh, Jeff taunts them. Uh, later on, he'll he'll bring more things. Pretty weak taunts, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, you notice that the bud comes into play pretty quickly. That. When it's baked onto them and standing there, it doesn't do much good for your body if you're standing and sweating and your pores are all clogged with this dry mud. And, That's true. And who's the one that covers themselves up? Rudy. That's Rudy, the the oldest and the one who's probably going to struggle with this the most. It does stop him from getting sunburned, though. That's true. It's a good point. You got a, you got a point here, Mr. Sheldon. Jeff brings out oranges. Like orange slices and makes people smell them. Weird. It was very weird. Could have been anything. It could have been anything. Could... Oh, although what we talked about with their supply woes, maybe it couldn't have been anything. No kidding. Like I, maybe that's all they brought because the other thing that he brings out is a glass of water. So I don't know. I, that one maybe. I think is deceptively tempting because you have been standing in the sun uh-huh. for hours. Yeah, a cold glass of water is like that's better than anything. That's fair. Uh, I'll I'll give it up. Uh, at two hours and thirty minutes, Rich gives a speech, essentially saying like he's he's doing the same thing that he did earlier. Like hey, whatever happens happens, but. Take me. Take me to the final, baby. Uh, and setting Rudy up for failure by bowing out. He pulls his hand at two hours and 30 minutes. In a very dramatic fashion. In a very dramatic fashion, as he does. Uh, says, doesn't mean I'm giving up a million dollars, but man, I, I'm i not doing this anymore. Yeah, and I we've already obviously talked about this because there's a lost to time mm-hmm. recording of this. And I still can't figure out why he did this. I I don't know. I think he thinks that uh, 
he's set either way and maybe he is i can give a lot of theories okay you know uh he so underlying is he's probably just tired and he doesn't think he might not think he can beat kelly and that's the reason he gives like i, I don't think i can beat kelly um yeah but like giving up when he clearly had so much gas left in the tank uh-huh. is odd um Maybe he's sitting there, and the longer he's sitting there, the more he's like, well, if Rudy wins, Rudy's going to take me. Yep. And if Kelly wins, she's not going to take Rudy. Yeah. I, Maybe. I think he's uh, he's planning something out, and he's using his his big brain moves. He's putting a lot of faith in the fact that that, that, that read is right, uh-huh. where he could keep it in his hands. There's no reason to that you have to test that read. You can just... And you don't even have to outlast Rudy. The two of you just have to outlast Kelly. Correct. And then you can do whatever with, with that information. You can One can bow out, whoever trusts the other the most, whatever. Do you think... This is a conspiracy theory. Go on. Do you think that Rich came to the realization sitting up there that he was like, I, if I win, I have to take Rudy. But if Kelly wins, she probably takes me. And if I take Rudy, I might, I have a worse chance of winning. Oh, that's interesting. It's, that's a good theory. Cause I think you're right. I think had Rudy been up there, Rudy would probably win. And Rudy is visibly struggling by this point. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's like hunched over like a statue. See, he, he puts Rudy in a terrible spot because Rudy doesn't have the physical stamina that Rich does. And essentially forces Rudy to play for his own life. Yeah, I think I I think that's what it is because because he knows that he he can't get out of this <laughs> bond this odd couple with Rudy. Uh-huh. Um and he could still keep it in his hands by trying to outlast Rudy and then letting go later and just be like ah, I couldn't do it. But if he lets go first, his intentions are a little better hid. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I don't know that he's thinking that 3D chess he had two and a half hours to think about that's it. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. The world The world will never know. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so he gets to sit and enjoy his oranges, his glass of water, while the other two continue to play. And then Jeff makes them rotate stumps. But you have to keep your hand on the idol at all times while you're rotating your stump. And it was weird because it kind of looked like they were only rotating two stumps. They, they, like, they removed Riches entirely, but the stump was still there. Mm-hmm. It was confusing to me. My, my logic, and we talked through this a little bit, that hey, maybe it was just to keep him from getting sunburned. Yeah. Or, like, rotating so that if you are getting sunburned, you're not, uh, you're cooking evenly and not just have a nice line on half of your body for the big finale. <laughs> the, ro- the rotisserie chicken method mm-hmm. of sunburning. Delicious. <laughs> Uh, in one of these cha- er, in one of these switches, Rudy absentmindedly takes his hand off of the idol, to which everything stops for a hot second, and everyone has to be like, "Wait, Does that count? Wait, did he? He took he took the thing. He took his hand off because he clearly wasn't giving up. No, he, he was just he just lost his focus. Yeah. when rotating logs, and and Kelly calls him out, like calls to Jeff, like Jeff. He, he, he did it. I, I win, right? I genuinely think that if Kelly didn't say anything, we would have not seen it. Like, they would have, like, not included that sh- that angle in mm-hmm. the cut. Or maybe not that rotation at all. 
and would have just kept going. I think you might have been right. Yep. yep. Uh, so yeah, Kelly wins. And we, we, we skipped over the conversation that Rudy, like, because Jeff is like asking Rich why he stepped down and, and all, and asking the contestants like how it feels up there. And Rudy's also pretty grumpy. He's like, I, I should be the one sitting down there. Uh-huh. Like, he's young. Why the hell am I still up here? Yeah. And he's right. He's very much right. Rudy lasts four hours and 11 minutes, though. That's that's a long time for you to be standing up there. And wh- he shouldn't have been the one to be standing up there. The dude served in the War of 1812. <laughs> like, he, that's incredible stamina. It, I, I, yeah, good for you. Good for you, dude. Way to keep going. Uh, what this challenge really demonstrated to me, and I hope they fix this pretty quickly... I mean, it's the first season. Hopefully they figured out. The soundscape for Survivor... Oh, man. ...is so lacking. They used every single song that they had available to them and had to keep repeating and doing weird cuts. It it was awful. It, yeah. They had like three songs, and it was not cut together well. The weirdest one is that they used the song that they save exclusively for going to commercial break uh-huh. several times yeah. to transition this challenge when there was no break. Yeah. Not, I mean, we're watching on Paramount Plus anyway, so there's no commercials. But you can tell there was not a commercial break there. It was just like it did like the Star Wars wipe into another angle. And uh-huh. I'm like, you can't train us for 13 episodes or whatever <laughs> it is. That that means, okay, we're going to break, and then use it in the middle of a challenge and not go to break. Yeah. They they blew that challenge. Who are editors? Ooh, bad on you. You, you screw that up. Uh, and Like I said, I just, maybe they just didn't have enough songs to make this work, or they didn't have a variety of songs. Literally nothing would have been better. You're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think putting more Jeff conversation in there, even if it's intermittent, like, oh, it would have been so much better. Uh, it hurts me. It hurts. It hurts my soul. Kelly wins. And <laughs> Rudy has the audacity to say, I would have won if I stayed up there. I mean, technically, he's correct. Like, if you I don't would... let go, you win. Like, if you don't, if you just never let go, eventually I... you would win. Correct. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think, I think Kelly outlasts him no matter what. He, he couldn't. There's no way he's beaten Kelly. I do think he would have stood up there until he passed out from exhaustion. But I think he would have just passed out from exhaustion. Yeah. And uh, He's a stubborn old goat. He is a stubborn old goat. And he, is, he ain't dying without a fight. Good for you. Uh, once again, they get almost immediately into tribal. Uh, I, I'm sure there's time in between, but they, they just uh, jump right from that challenge to the tribal. They, yeah, I mean, what are they going to talk about? It, it votes up to Kelly. Um, I mean, yeah. You could talk... You could, Maybe try to... See Kelly weighing her options? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, It's funny, because I've done protagonists of the episode several times where Kelly has been in that conversation, but never never made, like, the true protagonist of an episode. And uh I do think the editors kind of did her dirty, um, because she's been the protagonist of the episode out of... Or or part protagonist of episodes out of necessity mm-hmm. not because the show is showing her off because she is the challenge beast the first challenge beast yeah and winning every single she wins five challenges in a row five in a row so of course she's going to be the center of the narrative but they don't really spend any time talking to her about like who she's going to like there's not a lot to say to say that's not going to like give away the tribal um 
But I wish they did spotlight her a little more with the amount of power she has through these final three episodes. Yeah. I mean, if... It could have been an editor's choice on that one, though. If you want to spin public narrative around not making this one person look like should have been the queer and obvious winner. Uh, sorry, spoiler for about 30 minutes later. Uh, Kelly isn't going to win. That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Uh, but we get into Tribal Council, and Jeff brings his A-game for this Tribal Council. He seems very on it. He seems he's asking good questions, and the energy is there. This is what Jeff needed to be through the entire season. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Mm. Ah, again, chef's kiss. Hopefully he brings that into season two. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, well, in that same thing I mentioned early in the, early this episode about, like, you know, Rich and maybe, and maybe the rest of the cast having, like, is this going to work? I mean, I'm sure Jeff has some of that, too, uh-huh. where there's, like, like, shit's falling apart behind the scenes, and they're yeah. like, is this... Is this working? Is this any good? We don't know. I... So hopefully with the confidence boost of this finale, season two has a lot more bravado from Jeff and the Jeff that we come to know and love and have divisive opinions about. Yes, I, and I think I think he does. I think he figures it out. I, after watching yourself, I, I self-tape and I watch tapes of myself performing. It, it's so much easier to make corrections when you can see exactly what you're doing. And to see exactly how you come across, because you don't, I, I, can, I know what, when I'm flat or when I'm doing things incorrectly, but to actually see it in video gives you so much more perspective. Uh, yeah, Rudy gets voted out, and... Which at the time, I thought this was a mistake. Um, I was like, I was like, Rich has such a better resume mm-hmm. for Final Tribal, but resume doesn't matter or exist yet it does not matter in this first season nobody's nobody's looking at the game you're playing and strategizing and making big moves and saying that person deserves to win and when we see the reunion i think rudy would have won in a landslide against either of them you are correct uh rudy gets way more of the popularity vote of just people watching the game yeah good for rudy and from what I heard from, you know, the people that were on the jury, it sounds like in the reunion, it sounds like Rudy would have gotten a lot of their uh-huh. votes. Rudy, you hero. We we love you. Uh, Rudy's gone. Uh, and Rudy talks about a little bit about how they forgot about him, that he, he found the sweet spot early on. They were, he got votes. He got five votes. He got four votes. Uh, and then he got one vote and then they forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> so he... He goes out thinking, yeah, I must have did something right if uh, if they, they wanted to keep me around. So I, I appreciate I Rudy. Yeah. I think he played a really good game. He did. We won't, we, this won't be the last of Rudy. Rudy will be back. I know. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, we jump into the last day, and we, we get a real a good glimpse about these two remaining cast members and their really their psyche going into this final tribal council yeah rich is planning rich is planning rich is strategizing he's thinking about the questions that they could ask he's staying out of the sun so he's not too uh, dehydrated or overwhelmed he's picking a number one through ten we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) uh and kelly is going through her regrets yeah she's still having a crisis of conscience yeah i i I wish people, even if they know they don't know what the show is and they're tired and they're frustrated and they want to go home, mm-hmm. I do wish 
they had the same like when they when they do go home when we see Sue go home when we see Rudy go home um and even Sean before them um and some of the other some of the people have gone home on the jury they're finally like proud of themselves like Sue just says like oh well this was easier than driving a truck through Chicago you know whatever and Rudy's like hey I made it this far I must have done something right I wish they had that same kind of pride when they're still there yeah like you guys have done something really really difficult and I guess I kind of understand why Rich doesn't feel that way yet because he's still eyes on the prize he's he's a coked out 80s businessman at all times game bot baby but like Kelly's still just like beating herself up over it I'm like you've you've done something regardless of like how you got here you've done something really hard and you should be proud of that you were approximately three hours away from possibly walking out with a million dollars and guaranteed walking out with a hundred thousand yeah you've already won a hundred thousand dollars do just like finish it out finish the fight please yeah and just be I don't know, just like be proud of yourself yeah uh, Kelly goes through the the alliance and how she feels bad about that and feels bad about trusting sue which i mean sue bit in sue was good friends with her and i think that right there is the reason that she lost i think had she kept friends with sue there's a vote yes we'll get into it but i think that i think that the votes would have been the same because colleen says that she switches her vote off of rich to uh kelly because of sue Fair. Okay. Uh, and then they, they do the old uh, burn down the camp. Uh, <laughs> once again, Burn it all down. We're burning it down. They, they show all the logos. They get that five seconds of the Target logo, so sponsors are happy. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You know, sponsors love to see their image burning. <laughs> there's, there's no feast. There's nothing. It's just them uh, picking up the camp, burning what they can, and the rest is just left. Which I mean, it, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I think it, it was it was cathartic for Kelly. Yeah, Rich is like, I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they pack away certain things, and and we get to that in the reunion. Yeah, which is cute. Um, but then we get the my favorite line of this entire show. Uh, I don't think anyone will be vindictive, says Rich, as we head into the final, <laughs> the final tribal council. Aged like milk, absolute milk. It, that milk is now butter, and it, I, oh, yep. And actually, uh, I want to, I want to change something I said, Stephen. Okay. Um, you don't have to edit it. We'll just make this the the addendum. Uh, the winner does not win a million dollars. They win a million dollars and a Pontiac Aztec. You were correct. Yes, we uh, we discussed the Pontiac Aztec for the first time in this episode. Hasn't really been mentioned up until the finale here. Not a very good car from from like looking it up online. It didn't. They only made it for like five years. Yeah, it. Uh, two thousand one was the first model of the Pontiac Aztec. And two thousand five was the last one. Yeah. So three years. So not four. around there. Uh, yeah, this car is boxy. It's kind of ugly. Uh, hey, whatever. Car's a car, man. You sell that thing, it's good money. It looks like a Subaru in an element had a love child. Yeah. Forbidden love child. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do the reflections from the jury. They talk a little bit about everyone's, uh, everyone's experience and what they're feeling going into this final tribal. And Sue is ready. Sue is going for the kill. Mm-hmm. And I am so ready. So let's let's go through all of. So we get there. They do their opening speeches. I didn't really find their opening speeches too interesting, nope. which sucks because I 
I felt like there was a, a weight of it um, going in, but then they kind of fell flat to me. Yeah. Um, I was expecting Rich to work in the out, uh, last out, whatever's, um, into the speech. Mm-hmm. He did not. Nope. Even though he's talked about it to us, to the camera. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I ca- one line of Kelly stuck out to me, which is like, I hope you'll judge me on who I am, not how I played the game. <laughs> and I was like, if it was like, that's not, that's the opposite of what they should do. They should be judging you on how you played the game. Correct. It's a game. Yeah, how I summarized this was that Kelly takes the high ground and says, I I am the moral person. I played the way I want to play. Which is not it's not a bad argument, but no. she presents it so badly. No. Like, it, it could have easily been, you know, I, I came into this game to, yes, try to win the game, but I wanted to get to know everyone. I wanted, I liked all of you. It was really hard voting people off. I got into an alliance to protect myself, and it didn't, uh, it didn't, you know, work very well. It felt like I made a deal with the devil. Uh-huh. I'm now sitting next to that devil. That would be a great argument. Yeah. So this is stuff she's talked to us about in confessionals. And then, like, really, this is where she could have really leaned into the trivia game and been like, hell, if, I, she, was, if she had spent less time beating herself up and more time, like, she could have written a speech that been like, Jervis, like, you know, I celebrated your the, the birth of your child with you. And, like, individually, one by one through the jury, talk about the special moment she made with each of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the better play, but we don't get any of that. This is, I have a confession to make, Jared. Okay. I do not like Final Tribal Council. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I, like, I get why it's there, and it needs to be there. I don't like it. What would you want changed about it? I don't know. Okay. I, f- uh, this is my kumbaya brain. Everyone, I want to get along and like. Okay, what? Let's uh, let's talk about what we did. Let's show video recaps, and then let's uh, let's vote. Which is a terrible way to do it. Yeah. And wouldn't make survive. The survivor wouldn't get off the ground had this first tribal council uh, not happened the way it did. So let's talk about it. Okay. We get to the questions. And uh, or I'm just going to go question by question here yes. and make sh- hope I have good notes. And I like this format better than the new... I don't know how new the format is, but the 4142 mm-hmm. format of uh, focusing on the three pillars of gameplay. I yeah. like each person, ask, every, each jury member asking a question more. It They mix it around quite a bit. And I, I've seen it a couple different ways, and I don't know which way I like it best. I think each has its merits, and uh, if you're if you're trying to make it about what your game is about, I think the outwit, outplay, outlast pillars is is solid. But then you don't get to ask those wild off the wall questions or take people off guard. Uh, yeah, to each their own. Uh, Jervis is the very first question, and he says, "What would you change?" I forgot how they answered. To be I honest, okay, oh, I think. I think Rich says he wouldn't have changed anything, if I'm right. I don't know. They're, they're, the answers on this weren't super consequential. I remember, I remember uh, yeah. kind of just being like, okay. It's a pretty, yeah, pretty generic. Uh, all right, I, I did this. I would have done this. Whatever. Nothing of importance comes out of that. Uh, Jenna, next up, who would you put here instead of yourself? I really like this question. This one is good. This one is great. Uh and it, it forces a nice little gameplay strategy of... I mean, really, it makes them stand on 
the pillars that they talked about in their opening speech of Kelly would put Sonia and Gretchen on there because they were the best people. Yeah. And Rudy, or sorry, Rich would put Rudy and Greg up there. And this is this question clearly caught Rich off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he answers Rudy right away, which I think is both genuine and part of the game. Yep. Because um, he, he basically says, like, yeah, I made a deal, yeah. so I put Rudy up here. I'm going to go through with my deal. Yeah, and I and I, I believe that Rich is genuine in that. Uh-huh. Um, I think that Rich cares about his word, at least to the, to the closest people to sure. him. Um, but the second one is much more calculated. <laughs> I think so too. I think this is a brilliant play by Rich. And he is picking the only other person to really manipulate and play the game. I think you could have also maybe thrown Sue in there. But I think Greg is an interesting one to throw in there. Because they, they butted heads. They, they well, and I, I think there's part of it that's that's genuine. Because this is what Rich is really good at. He's uh-huh. really good at talking about what is what is true yet convenient for mm-hmm. him. So I think the part that would be inconvenient is mentioning that like he wants to say a Pagong member to you know so he's not just saying Sue and keeping himself insular toggy because tribes are still very important to these people. Yeah. But I think that he really did identify that Greg was one of the only people playing the game. I mean, the 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 most high energy and frankly happiest we see Rich is in the episode that he votes off Greg. Yeah. I think he really liked being challenged. I think so too. And Greg is the only one to challenge him. Yep. <laughs> it's it's beautiful and I think that for whatever gameplay you're playing, that answer could have maybe won him a million dollars. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Sean. Sean's question. I wonder how they choose the order for these. I don't know. It's a, that's, that's a good question. I think it's pretty random. Or I think however I know why they, they put were Sue last. It's fair. Uh, absolutely fair. Uh, Sean has no question. It just kind of talks to them. And then drops one of the worst things I think I've seen on TV in a long time. FNF? FNF. So... Yeah. So Sean, now listen, we here at the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast <laughs> support committing to the bit. Sure. We, su- we support doing ridiculous things for a joke. That being said, <laughs> Sean, we'll get to the final voting margin, but Sean is on the, so he votes for the person who wins. That person only wins by a vote. Yeah. Which means that Sean was one of the people... You know, and when there's only one vote margin, anybody's the swing vote. Sean decided that the person should get a million dollars because he thought that a slur was funny. Yeah. He calls he calls Rich and he he abbreviates to FNF and then tells us that means fat naked slur for gay people. Yeah, it was. Uh, a cigarette in Britain or a bundle of sticks. I I'm cannot, not saying it. I can't believe that this was on TV. I Well, I, I get it. Like, I'm sure they shored up what is allowed or maybe this is still allowed. I am unclear. No, I think the word's gotten worse. Like, I think that um, slurs and hateful speech, like, it's potency ebbs and flows. Sometimes, like, I mean, queer used to be a very hurtful word and now it's been retaken by the community that it represents as a as a positive identifier uh-huh. 
this was still a hurtful word back then, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it was as visceral. Like I can remember it being mu- used much more casually than it is now. Not defending it, but I think that's why it was on TV is because it was not seen as bad as it right. should have been. And he doesn't use it with malice. He doesn't use it intending to hurt him, but man, just with ignorance. Yeah, absolutely wild. Yep, he thought in a fat naked. Uh, with a million dollars would be funny. Yeah. That's his whole thing. Fuck that guy. Also, like, he's not fat. He's lost 130 pounds. That's true. It's a lot of weight. <laughs> he's lost in a... He has lost a high school Jared worth of weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, ugh, I... I can't even think about that anymore. Uh, Colleen asks, what character traits got you here? Which I think, again, we're kind of in the same... Same boat, uh... Kelly talks about strong will, likability, and faith. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like religious faith. No. It seems like she's talking like faith in herself. Yeah. It, it sets you up for like, what? I didn't see that before. Somebody alert uh, Dirk. <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> Somewhere Dirk's ears perk up. Huh? What? Faith? Uh, yeah. It, but yeah, it definitely was more along the lines of, this is my, I believed in myself that I yeah. was going to get here. And I mean, yeah, as far as immunity challenges go, you got to believe a little bit. Five in a row. Five in a row, baby. Uh, and also something Kelly doesn't mention once. She never talks about the fact that she won five challenges in a row. No. That's a pretty easy card to play. Like, play She's it. not good at giving herself credit. No. And again, part of the reason why she's losing here is because she doesn't sell herself very well. Uh, yeah. Rich talks about his... His observation, his ethics, which is, again, a little weird, but his observation of other people yeah. and how he he uses the information that he collects in the game. And yeah, he does a really good job of delineating when he says observation. He doesn't mean knowing Jenna's kids' names. No. He doesn't. He does He, he does not know those. Um, he means... Like, who's playing the game, who's not playing the game, who might be coming for him. Although he didn't know that Kelly was coming for him, so... <laughs> and he thought he was in trouble long before he ever was. Yeah. So his reads aren't perfect. Oh, but... no, no. The other thing that he says is self-awareness, and I don't think he always has a whole lot of self-awareness. No. I um, think that Rich has has uh, a lot of strengths, and sometimes those strengths are also weaknesses. Yep. But self-awareness is not in his list of strengths. Not there. <laughs> Uh, Rudy comes up and doesn't really ask any questions. He just feels, I, f- I feel dumb. <laughs> I, I, I wish I didn't move my hand from the from the, the idol on accident. He's so pure. He is. Oh, he's just like, I don't have a question. I just want to say I feel really dumb for letting go of the immunity idol. Yeah. And walks back. Yeah. <laughs> I think he also says he's going to vote for Rich, but... Uh, it's yeah, and nobody's shocked. No, nobody's shocked, and nobody should be should be shocked. Uh, and then Greg, Greg comes up with another beautiful moment of television. Uh, pick a number, one through ten. Yep. I'm sorry. And remember, so he's so Greg, uh, Rich says seven. Kelly says three. I think. Yep, that's correct. Um, and the number was apparently nine. We okay. learned that in the reunion episode. Yeah. Now there is some question as to whether this is actually that Greg actually voted off of this. Um, you've told me that you don't think he did. No, I, I've, I found discussion online that, uh, 
he he had stated that that was his question, but his decision was already made up. Part of the reason I say this, and I'll talk about it after the vote, is there. I think there's more to it than just I'm I'm willing to let anyone win here. I'm playing the game, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's a stupid question. Yeah, I, I think I've kind of come around to your side of it. Uh, I think Greg, being the only other person that was playing the game for a long time, mm-hmm. I think uh, wouldn't just throw away his vote for a million dollars off of a dumb one to ten. Although it's the only time we see the crack in the veneer of Jeff and the all the you know we talk about of the behind the stu- scenes stuff of Greg being an absolute menace to production. Yeah. Um, he goes, characters are going to be characters or something like that. Um, and there's just a hint of <laughs> fuck this guy in his voice. Yeah. Uh, mm, I do want to point out that he has apparently been asked to come back multiple times. Greg? Yeah. And he never did? He turns it down every time. Why? I don't, I, again, this is all form-based information. I don't know how much is exactly true but apparently he's been reached out multiple seasons at least three times survivor turning back time podcast <laughs> listeners we are small in number i say we i'm not a listener i'm i'm a host speak for yourself um please start our letter writing campaign not to nbc to greg find his address CBS. dox him what i say nbc nbc Write them too. That's fine. Sure. Um, They're going to be very confused. <laughs> most importantly, write Greg. It's time. I, I don't know if it's time. I think he's distancing, distancing himself from the show and from TV. And I think that's okay for him to do that. But if you want to write to him, I'm, I'm not going to tell you no. Uh, it would be absolutely wild. And you've missed multiple opportunities and good <laughs> opportunities. Uh, Sue. Sue's turn. Holy <sighs> shit. What do you think... Well, oh, first, let's explain what happened. Yes, so this is the moment that I've been leading up to all season. That this is what set Survivor on its course to be the huge media franchise that it is going to be. Sue comes in and gives no questions. No questions are asked. Uh, essentially gives a beautiful monologue talking about the that rich is pompous and doesn't admit his failures and kelly sucked at rowing and i thought you were a rower just like real personal digs at these people yeah uh and that kelly was two-faced and manipulative and then talks about the creatures on the island and that on the island there are snakes and there are rats. And those are the two things we saw a lot of. And I think that she says that Rich is the snake and Kelly is the rat. She doesn't even say their name. She just says one of them is sitting, or they are both sitting in front of us right now. You know who is the snake and who is the rat. Yeah. I think. I could be wrong about that. I, I feel like she says it, but uh, Rich is the snake and is going to eat the rat. And I'm voting for Rich, and I hope it turns the tide. It, she, she very specifically says, I hope that this is the vote that gets you to win. I, I hope that this is the swing vote. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't think it is, um, because of what we, we'll talk about in a second with, with the votes and with Colleen. But um, you called this it a beautiful monologue. <laughs> I take issue with that. Oh, no, there's a lot to be, take issue with. There, so 
just like the challenger there there's two there's two parts of this and mm-hmm. part of it is good and part of it is ugly the part that is good is her speech about snakes and rats yep. and all of that i think that is actually really poignant and pretty accurate yeah absolutely. um yeah and like that's within the bounds of the game mm-hmm. she gets really like like Jervis calls it uh, sour grapes later, and like I agree, like she's just mad and she's being small and petty and being like she calls them both losers multiple times. And she's like, and that's why you're always gonna be a loser. And it's like Sue, you don't know anything about these people's lives outside of the show. Yeah, uh, and I quote: "I wouldn't give you water if you were dying in the desert of thirst." Yeah. I, she's like, I would walk by you and, yeah. and laugh or something. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's really over dramatic and over the top. I. It's very theatrical. Yeah. It's, but it's like, a, it's like a community theater production of a really good play <laughs> where you're like, the bones are there, but it, you're acting this way too hard. I just, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it was, you know. TV's meant to be entertaining, and uh-huh. it was entertaining. Oh, it was very entertaining, and this is this moment is going to appear on clip shows for the next ten years. But if she would have just come, like, there's such a way to do this that still maintains her own dignity. So if she just comes out and says, like, Kelly, I, you are my friend, mm-hmm. I trusted you, you screwed that up, and that's why you lost my vote tonight, Yep. and then goes into, like, you know, the snakes and the rats or whatever, and if she wants to make a dig at Rich, too, and be like, Rich, you're you were self-serving this entire game, but you're sitting there and I'm not. So good job, like, cool. I think that would have been an equally like viral clip without having to be like so petty. It made Sue look really small. It did, and, and for for a player I've liked this whole season, I was like, whoa, okay. I like Sue, and this is very reactionary. I disagree, though. I think that this is the uh, the amount of visceral over the top that producers were just sitting there counting their money for. I mean, that, that's fair. And I, I recognize that I am probably in the minority with mm-hmm. that opinion. Oh, no, I'm there with you. I think it's, it's pretty gross. But I think this moment sets reality TV for what it's going to be for a long time. And I don't like a lot of reality TV Correct. for that very reason. Correct. I don't want to just see people like getting in a mudslinging contest. Like, I want to see, like, competitions, and, like, I don't care about, like, honor or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, be dishonorable in your actions, but, like, there's no reason... It doesn't... It just... Not only is it, like, small and petty, it doesn't add anything. You're not changing anyone's mind by calling them losers nope. and talking about how you're not gonna give her water if she's dying of thirst. You're not adding anything to the game. You're just... You're just being mean because you were given a platform. Wait, are you saying that getting on a platform and calling people losers and oh, no. threatening them is not a great oh, idea? No. Anyway, oh, we're no. moving on. <laughs> um, I, and actually, I would say it does the opposite of what she wants it to. Mm-hmm. I think if she had kept that speech more restrained, Rich wins by more than he wins by. Yeah, you're probably right. I think she gives Kelly votes with this speech. At least one. I don't know, but I'm not going to argue with it. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, Colleen, Colleen says that she was going to vote for Rich and changes mm-hmm. her mind, beca- and Sue's speech made her change her mind. Yeah. We don't know how true that is, um, because maybe she would have ended up changing her mind anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, there's brief conversations online about how, uh, Sean and, uh, who am I thinking of? Sean and Greg were on the fence. They, they play that they're on the fence, but really they didn't want to vote for Kelly because they didn't want to lose to a 22 year old girl. And I don't know if, again, a lot of speculation in that one, but I I think that's true. I think I see it more from Greg than Sean um, in that case, because I think that Sean had a rapport mm-hmm. more with Rich than with Kelly through I the agree. entirety of the show. Yeah. Um, he picks Rich to come on the boat with him for, and like, for seemingly no reason um, over Kelly. Fair. It, it seems like he actually is charmed by richard but i could definitely see that for greg yeah yeah it's wild uh, yeah and thus we end the first survivor competition as jeff says hopefully never again yeah i hope that remove that from your vocabulary jeff it does <laughs> not exist anymore uh the vote ends up being four to three rich wins and we read Right there at Tribal, there's no flying back. Which was crazy to me. I mean, good for them, because I know future seasons up until 41 have to... I don't know about season two, but I know like eventually they go to a reunion show format, mm-hmm. and you're waiting six to nine months to know if you won a million dollars or not. This is the only time where they do that live up until COVID when yeah. they ha- are forced to do it again. Yeah. Uh, with... Uh, minor exceptions and we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Uh, yes, it's, uh, it, it, it feels pretty wild and rich wins. He has a moment, uh, everyone gets up and awkwardly hugs each other and gives handshakes, things that you wouldn't necessarily see it. The, everyone looks uncomfortable. Yeah. Everyone looks like, okay, we're done now. Can we go home? Well, yeah, and they just got off of the back of Sue's horrible speech, and everything's so tense. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they give, as they're closing out the episode, a nice shot of Rich sitting at Tribal Council area, writing in a notebook about his his experience. It's like supposed to be the send off of, oh yeah, now we hear it from his perspective, forgetting that we've heard everything from the contestant's perspective yeah it's it's so <laughs> out of place and it it doesn't look right so they follow him and then they give him a check after lying to us this entire season <laughs> that he's gonna get cash in a treasure chest what the hell survivor yeah, you could have literally just handed him all of that cash yeah as he's getting into his uh what was it a pontiac aztec pontiac aztec at the airport uh, they hand him a check for $1 million. Why? Also, like, I know, I, I, I know there's probably, like, special procedures for cashing that check. Like, mm-hmm. if I go to the bank and they have to call and, like, clear it or whatever, mm-hmm. because a rant by walking the million-dollar check's going to raise some <laughs> alarms. Sure. sure that would be sure. a pretty cool experience to walk in the bank with a million-dollar check and be like, Hi. Savings account, please. <laughs> Put this uh, right into my account. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do understand that will take three months to clear. Yeah, it's going to take a while, and there's going to be taxes that you have to pay. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we will see all four of these survivors again. All four of the final four yeah. we're going to see again. 
Uh, Rich is coming back in All-Stars. Kelly is not coming back in All-Stars. Yeah, so we talked about this already, yeah. and it was, so I can't, I'm not going to act like I'm shocked by that information sure. again. But, like, once again, Kelly gets done dirty. Yeah. Kelly because- gets done dirty. And Kelly was supposed to come back, and then they pull her pretty late that uh, they needed someone from all seven seasons, and to make that happen, they pull Kelly. Which, uh, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And I... They feel bad about it. They put her in casting for a future season of Survivor and I think Amazing Race as well. She casts for that. But we will not see her again until Second Chance, which I forget which season that is. Um... Yeah, I don't have it. So. Okay, well, it's it's further away than eight, um, and is a shame because that's like the most momentum. The people like for these four, they're gonna be, uh, or for the three, for the four actually, because Jenna comes back. Like really, they should have they should have pushed Jenna back to second chance and let the four members of the alliance come back. You're correct, and that's um, the way it should have been. I think they tried to avoid that. Uh, tried to avoid a bunch of people who already had that alliance all being in the same area. Because they do have three... That's the first time they have three tribes. So you have one for each tribe. Correct. That makes sense, I guess. Uh, but still. Yeah. I, and as far as, like, I won't go into too deep into the how do I think they'd all do on today's Survivor. Um, I'll, I'll go short on it since we do see them all again. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think of the four of them, Rich is the worst in modern-day Survivor. Okay. Because Rich has... I mean, not that threat management is a concept to these people yet... But I don't think... I think he's too much of a narcissist to manage his own threat. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in a world where, like, people are cognizant of, like, resume building and, like, you know, putting a target on your back for being a good player, I I don't think he makes it very far. Like, I think you're looking at, like, a... Like, probably makes the merge and then gets voted off, like, before Final Five. Okay. I... Yeah. I think that's... I, I was going to put you on the hot seat, and then you you did it for me. I was like, where do you think he finishes? Yeah, I mean, somewhere in there. That's always tricky because there's a lot of different dynamics that come, in, come into play post-merge and, you know, which tribe has more members and, sure. and all that kind of stuff. But um, in general, I think he kind of is a big target post-merge. Yeah. Uh, t- Survivor Second Chance, Survivor Cambodia, uh, Season 31. 31? 31. So we are waiting a long time. 15 years? We are waiting a long time for the return of Kelly Wigglesworth. That is a shame. Yeah. It's, uh... Jervis comes back before her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) She gets done so dirty. She does get done dirty. Wow, okay. Um... Yeah, I think I think Kelly would be I think Kelly and Rudy are the, would be the strongest in today's Survivor um, out of those four, with Rich being the the worst, and Sue probably Sue having potential, but I think she takes things too personally. Uh, where do you think Where do you think Rudy and Sue finish? Um, in All Stars. Oh, where do I think they finish yeah. in All Stars? That's tough because I don't know the rest of the All Stars cast yet. That's fair. Um. I, I do think that Rudy could have a major... I think that all... all Well, no, I, not Jenna. I think the other three people from season one are going to come into the season with a massive target on their back um, because they were seen playing pretty effectively. I'm sure all, it's All-Star, so I'm sure all of them were seen as playing pretty effectively. That's true. But, like, You're not... Rudy was very popular, 
and that makes him a threat for the jury. Theoretically, you're not going to have a weak link in All-Stars. Yeah. I also think that Rudy doesn't bring a lot to physical challenges, which he got, as he says, like he was almost the first vote off uh-huh. because he was, Sonia's weaker than him, but he was pretty close. So he could be, he could be an early boot. Um, I think it's, it'd be kind of similar that if he makes the merge, he does pretty well. I don't think he makes it to final three because he's too likable. Okay. Um, but I think that he would, uh, uh, he could be an early boot because of the lack of physical strength. Sure. Yeah. And I, I forget, did you say Sue? I didn't. I didn't. Um, it really depends on how, on how divisive Sue is being. I could see her being like a shit stirrer in camp and getting voted off pretty quickly. Um, but she played a really good game and played probably, I think, the most advanced game of anyone in this show. Um, because she wasn't, she actually had some concept of like not making herself a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and making moves without, or like, you know, like, uh, smart enough to jump onto the alliance early, but not make herself the, the figurehead of it and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And tried to take down Rich a couple of times. It, well, yeah. Yep. So, uh, if she doesn't make herself into a divisive person, I, I could actually see her going to final tribal. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this in uh, a few months or however, however long it takes us to get to all stars. Who knows? So, uh, be, be on the lookout. I want to dig these opinions back up. Uh, yeah. And we get the reunion show. Yeah, do you want to do you want to uh, blitzkrieg the uh, reunion show? Yeah, let's go straight Just through this. Random thoughts. Uh, hosted by Bryant Gumble, which is wild. It's not a real person. It, it is a real person. Real sports with Bryant Gumble. Uh, it was on HBO, I believe. Anyway, <laughs> it's the only time that it's hosted by not Jeff. Yeah, because Jeff is on location in Australia filming season two. Because they got to get into that spring fall time slots. Yep. Yeah, so so that that means this will be the only time until probably forty two that we have a season of Survivor where the people haven't seen the previous season. Yeah, well, kind of. the The way they film these is that they film two two seasons back to back in a summer. Right. No, but I meant like forty one. They they try they like soft launched a bunch of like gameplay change like a bunch of stuff that sure. the survivors hadn't ever seen and then brought in another cast immediately afterwards mm-hmm. and these people in season two probably haven't seen season one then it wasn't out yet they had to have seen something because i i assume that they have to wait for a little bit of public response before a before they green light a season two Maybe they could just untest audiences, though. That's fair. I I don't know how that works because I've never had to deal with that. Uh, yeah. So Bryant Gumble hosts. Uh, they talk briefly to everybody. Nobody's all that interesting. Uh, Dirk still looks like a tool. A thumb, thank you. Oh, sorry. All of their audition tapes are terrible. Everyone. <laughs> it's attention grabbing, and I think that's what they wanted. All of them were attention grabbing. Yeah. Greg's makes him look even more unhinged than I have been describing him. Um, it's like him and his sister playing like, like doing impression or him doing impressions of his sister. It was weird. I didn't, I didn't like it very much. Dirk pretends to be a cop with a shotgun shooting a log. Oh yeah, that was. I I need to describe this. Uh, essentially, pulls out a gun, threatens a log, tells the log to get down on the ground with the shotgun like 
wild. Absolutely wild. Yep. I was blown away at how unpopular Rich was. Uh, they brought up the statistics of like who America thought, and they kept being like, in our scientific polling. <laughs> you had people call in. Yeah, people call question. in. Um, so Rich was very unpopular. It was like 44% thought Rudy should have won. Mm-hmm. I think like 40% thought that. Uh, yeah, I got the numbers. It's uh, Rich, 11%, Rudy, 45%, 45%. Sue, 2%, and Kelly, 42%. Yeah. So very clear. And in the same video that uh, Josh sent me, they Jeff kind of talks about the reaction and how he was in New York and people's windows were open watching this finale because it was a big cultural event. And they had, he could hear audible groaning and upset that Rich was the winner. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe then they hadn't been shooting season two by the time. Uh, maybe the season two cast did get to see season one if he was in New York. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch the video again. Or he was giving the, someone else had heard oh, that sure. and relayed the information to him. You're right. That's my bad. That's that's hilarious, though. I, it's, it's funny, too, how much 20 years changes it. Because I thought that Sue and Rich were... Gameplay wise, the best players of this season, and they were only thirteen percent of America agreed with me. Uh huh. The game has changed, and yep, pu- public perception has changed, and I think Survivor does a good job of turning that later as they go. Okay, so shotgunning my random thoughts throughout this throughout sure. this uh, reunion because we've, we've gone very long. Um, they called Dirk the host called Dirk a Bible thumping virgin. Yep. Great. Beautiful. Apparently, everyone called Rich Darth Gadar. Yeah, I don't know what everyone. That's what Sean says. Oh, sure. Yeah, Sean was saying. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I wrote down that Greg sucks. Greg <laughs> I don't remember suck. what that was about. I, it was probably about him saying his number was nine, or oh yeah, talking it about was. the relationship with Colleen. Yeah, that was weird too. And Colleen was kind of dodgy on it, and like maybe they were hiding. She says that she was covering for another relationship. Yeah. That Greg had on the island, which would be implied to be Jenna, was weird. It was weird and really unclear. Um, I don't like the kind of person that Sue is, is what I discovered in this reunion in the last episode. Like, the kind of person that uh, mistakes being honest for being cruel. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be honest to somebody, but, like, people that use that as an excuse to just be mean Mm -hmm. for no reason um, kind of infuriates me. Like, you you can be honest with somebody and not just have to be a dick about it knowing what i know about all stars this is very interesting take continue okay um (laughs) jervis said the thing that i said about uh the episode that joel goes home where they they bring up the the comment the women are you know dumber than or cows are the only thing dumber than women comment and jervis goes hey i might have said it but joel lives it yeah i it's piled on by uh, Rudy calling Joel a chauvinist, and yep. Jervis jumps on it. Which good, I good for you. Jervis. That's what I was talking about, and the difference of like, yeah, Jervis said something stupid, but he, but like he apologizes kind of and doesn't mean it. Whereas like Joel believes it. Uh-huh. Also, we get um, more of Rudy kind of uh, being uh, questioned on like being friends with someone who's gay, which apparently was very novel in the year 2000. I guess. Um, now half my friends are gay, so I, I don't quite get why this was such a novelty. Um, 
but I, you know, it, it's funny. I've gone back and forth on like Rudy's on Rudy's like uh, brashness and like his kind of like the way that he embraces Rich, but then tries to run from it. Um, and I've just decided that like he actually is a very thoughtful, caring person, mm-hmm. but he likes to put on this grumpy persona. Correct. And like I actually do think that. It seems like him and Rich stayed friends even after the show was done. Um, but he has, he's easily embarrassed and has a weird sense of pride about it and probably doesn't like being the center of attention in America. I don't, he doesn't seem to like the cameras that much. <laughs> no, but we also get a nice pan over to his wife and it, it seems she's it just as stoic as he is. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was on a decommissioned boat for nine months in Hong Kong or, or Singapore. So, and he had to live on the boat. So, yeah, I can see why Survivor was a lot easier for him. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, even Sean's audition tape was dumb. Uh- <laughs> oh, they talk about Jenna's tape in uh, the tape that was oh, sent yeah. to the show. And it was, uh, the mom missed the deadline. Jenna's mom missed w- getting that tape to them, which we did talk about. And, yeah, yeah I, I do think it's better that way than Survivor screwing it up. But I've still- come around to agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, we hear Joel talk about how, like, you know, the generation, the Gen X, like, the new generation of Gen Xers and how they're different, and I'm just like, it happens every 20 years. There's a new generational divide, Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same tired things over and over again. Kids these days, I tell ya. It's just like, you go back, you can read, like, you know, like, articles not articles i guess they'd be like you know uh newspaper clippings or whatever from like the 1800s about like kids reading too much and how it was distracting them from the real world it just it never fucking stops yeah um they made dirk change shirts halfway through the reunion <laughs> they put a survivor shirt over whatever he was wearing probably because yeah. it had a logo or something yeah, you clocked that i didn't clock that so I'm, I'm glad you did it's very funny um, apparently Greg Jervis and Colleen sat naked around a fire together. Um, and they talked about, uh, Did they talk about that in the reunion? Yeah. Oh, okay. Apparently like Greg says, uh, no, we were just testing an age old myth and Colleen was there implying that they were comparing dick sizes. Ah. Um, or there was some freaky sex stuff happening on the island. Ah, could be. Um, could be that too. Um, cause Greg's good at, uh, diverting that kind of attention. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is there. Um, yeah, and I think that, uh, Rudy would have won, and that, I was surprised that Kelly, Kelly was never voted for. Never got a single vote throughout the entire, uh, other than the final tribal. Well, of course. Uh, I mean, it, it shows you that she was, she was likable, uh, and I think voting with the, with the alliance she was the most likable of the alliance and wasn't going to get any of those votes. Mm-hmm. It's I, again, she played an underappreciated game, even by myself. Um, and I think I do think the editors did her a little dirty to not because yeah, like forty, even with an edit that I think was not gracious to her, she forty percent of people wanted her to win. Forty two percent of of the final four. four. Of the final four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if you take it, uh, I take it for what it is. The other question that they asked, did the right person win? Uh, 31% said yes, and 68% said no. Uh, obviously, there's a little leeway in that question, but yeah. if it's if they're looking at that as the final two, between the two of them, 68% of people think that Kelly should have won that. Yep. And the show, I think, would look very different if Kelly won that. I think you're right. 
I don't think it's for the better. No. But it, it does also live in that old school, new school mentality of how Survivor is played uh, to a certain extent. We're, we're defining what old school is in these first yeah. four or five seasons. There's no older school than this. Okay, you got a good point. <laughs> And I, I stand by what I said earlier in the season. It feels like Rich is the actual like grandfather and creator of Survivor more than the show itself, more than Mark Brunette and Jeff. Now, from here on out, they take that grandfathering vision that Rich kind of created and, and make it into something slightly different. Mm-hmm. But the way that players play the game is like Rich played the game. Yeah. It's... Uh... You're setting precedent, and you're setting the way that you should be playing this game. That's a, that's a good word for it, yeah. Precedent. Good. I'm glad. Anything else you want to touch on before we, we wrap up? No. We've now talked about this finale for four hours. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say, like, it's, it's truly exciting as he fishes out. No, no, no. It continues, Stephen. It, it's truly exciting to see this finale, because it, it does. It shows... This is the bare bones. This is what Survivor started as. Now let's get into some gameplay. Let's get into actually figuring out, okay, put put all of the learning process aside. We want a game. If Survivor was a, not a reality TV show, but like a scripted TV show, mm-hmm. season two would be the first season ever. And season one would be the prologue, ep- the prologue season you show explaining how they got there yeah. ten the, years later. It, it, the whole <clears throat> season is the pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it did give us two Hollywood stars. Oh, no. Uh, that acted in a movie with such box quotes as, Wow, the movie reminds me of an Alfred Hitchcock film, especially the twist ending. And uh, it's a true reality film for the viewer who wants to share Christ. I can't wait to watch this movie. So who really won this season, it's Stephen? It's going to be great. I think it was Dirk and Joel. Um, uh, did you have? Did you want to do your uh, protagonist of the episodes? Or mm. is that pretty clear with who won? Yeah, I don't think that'll work for finales of the season. Um, of course, the final episode is going to be about the winner of the season. Sure. Um, this is this is Rich's episode. Um Although, once again, Kelly gets a lot of it. Yeah. And there is part of me that wonders if Kelly was a guy, if she would have been, not only if she would have won, but if she would have not been snubbed for 15 years. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Um, hmm. Looking at you, uh, sexist early survivor. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's one of the more sexism like that's tougher because it's not overt. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing in hypotheticals and yeah. what could have, you know, what would have been different if a person had been a different gender. But I've I've heard complaints for years about how Survivor edits women, even before I was back in the um, or women that go far. I know there have been winners that are women, and some of their edits have been bad. I don't know who they are. Um, but yeah. Yeah. We've been talking for a long time. Yes. I want to wrap this up. Hit that bumper. So that'll do it for this, the first season finale of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am so excited. 
We have so much coming. We're jumping into season two. Uh, we're after we're done recording this, I'm gonna go watch the first episode of season forty-three. I'm super excited about that. I've I've been missing it, so now that I'm home, I can finally watch it. Um, we got lots of cool things coming for you. Season two, we have a special guest for the first episode planned. Whether or not it happens, who knows? But it's coming. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. And if you're just joining us, thank you for doing that. I love this show. I love doing this. Uh, and we, we appreciate you guys helping us. We appreciate you rating. Uh, we appreciate you telling your friends. We appreciate you writing in. Uh, so a million thanks for all that you've done for us so far. And we continue to grow and we can want to continue to bring you cool content and cool bonus things like watching horrible, horrible movies. At which uh, Atlanta Christian Weekly says, Four stars, brilliant film, well-crafted and convincing. Loved it. Thanks, Atlanta Christian Weekly. Uh, That's where I go to for all of my movie ratings. Yeah, true. Uh, so thank you all. I want to end this outro, or start this outro. Uh, Jared, anything you want to promote? Yeah, uh, if you are in Michigan, uh, Farmer's Alley Theater in Kalamazoo just opened Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. We saw it yesterday. It's a pretty good show. I, uh, I I love that script so much, uh, and it's a it's a it's a nice night of theater. Yeah, go see it. So thank you all again. I'm your host Stephen for my co-host Jared, and I'm your co-host Jared for my host Stephen. Bye bye. Bye. Can't believe we recorded two whole episodes.